I have spent the last few years traveling the world and writing about my favorite elixir, whiskey. This show is all about the brands, the spirits, and the distilleries you know and love. Join us as we share our stories and our words of whiskey. And welcome back to today's episode of Words of Whiskey. I am Josh Hart. Uh, you know, so I, I wrote for the Dallas Morning News, uh, Whiskey, Scotch, and Bourbon Reviews, Guide Live, all those things. And I I loved most, what I loved most about that was my time to get down and talk to other reviewers, people who are as passionate as I was about the the spirit and the different expressions from bourbon to scotch to whiskey, whether it was uh, Irish or American or Japanese, whatever it was. Uh, and so I love doing this show where I'm talking to other people who are just as passionate about, about me. And today we're going to be traveling to LA to meet with Reed Mittenbuehler, who um, is also an author as well as a whiskey reviewer. Reed, how's it going today? It's going great. Perfect. So uh, we have chosen to sip on some Elijah, uh, the Elijah 12, which has lost its age. Uh, you can't buy it. Well, you probably can probably still find some bottles, but they're not putting any more of that out. Is that, that correct? Right. I'm actually, I actually, the bottle I have still has the age statement on. So yeah, so my, mine just says small batch, but hey, but it's fine. It's, it's uh-huh. essentially, <laughs> essentially the same thing. Um, yeah. So we're, we're doing social distance, uh, scotch tasting, or scotch tasting, bourbon tasting together. Um, what was it about um, Elijah Craig that you, you like the most? You know, this is a classic bourbon. You know, it comes from Heaven Hill and it's, I don't know if I'd call it a fastball straight down the middle because it's, it's just a big vanilla bomb, but this is kind of a winter whiskey for me just because it's so warm. There's a lot of wood on it and that vanilla, it kind of just makes you think of cold weather, snow. So Although I have, in LA, we don't get that. <laughs> so you just crank the AC up and then, you know, sit back and then sip, sip on some whiskey. Uh, I put one of those like fire log things on the TV. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I remember, so my first, my first time, uh, sampling was probably about 13 years ago. Uh, I was 21, maybe, maybe. Uh, and I was, a uh, you know, Bud Light, um, you know, Smirnoff vodka guy at that point in time in my life. I hadn't, hadn't quite grown up. And so I was at a liquor store looking for a good whiskey to try. And I had done Jack and I had done Jim and those were okay and Coke. And I was like, I want a good sipping whiskey. And the guy behind the counter knew what he was talking about, just didn't know his audience. And he handed me, uh, I think he handed me the Elijah Craig, I want to say it was one of those like full on like cast strength. It wasn't well, it wasn't the cast strength they have, but it was a full on um, experience. And I remember went home and just tasting barrel uh, for the first time, and I wasn't used to it. And uh, it it was at the time it was a chore to get through. I I, w- I would have loved it now, um, but it was a lot of a lot of barrel. Um, and that goes back into, you know, now learning more about them and, and going out to Kentucky and, uh, you know, and getting a, a better view of what they, they do. That's, that's what they're about. Um, they're the first, first group to char their barrels, um, and, you know, the first to char and they, uh, love bringing out those, those flavors in, in your, in your, in, in your batch. Um, anything else that you can think of about Elijah Craig that, you know what? Like what other things when you have we, when you've read about them have you really picked up on that you've loved? Well, yeah, definitely. Heaven Hill's known for you know going pretty heavy on barrel. I remember the first time I actually had it, if I correctly, was my first trip 
to Bourbon Country, and it was around 2004, 2005. And, you know, so before the bourbon boom really was at full gale, you know, and I was in the tasting room, you know, when you're at the, 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 the Heritage Center that they've set up, and it was just one of the things that they were pouring on the tour for free was the Elijah Craig 18. Cause it was before the big, you know, so it was just like have this, have full glass, you know, just kind of, yeah. they had heavier hands back then. And it was like everyone, you know, they were real generous. And I remember I was there with my dad and one of my best friends and they were just like, well, here, here you go. And it was just the 18 and they were just, you know, glugging it out in glasses and, you know, just, it was before, it was when, when you could buy it for nothing, yeah. you know? Yeah. So kind of a special experience that way. Cause you like back then you did, you thought of the value as a little bit different because none of this stuff was rare. It was all easy to find. Yeah. So, and that one now has kind of become real hard to find. The hard to find. Yeah. And, and that's what I love about the older, the older like distilleries is they, they easily could say, Hey, we're going to, we're going to be 60, $70 a, a bottle and you'll have us and you'll, and you know, you'll buy it. But they still always offer, because I think the a lot of small batch stuff, or even even the twelve, um, you can still get it for a reasonable price, uh, depending on where you go. Anywhere, 35, 40 bucks. Um, that's a reasonable price because you're, you're not supposed to, you know, drink large amounts at a time. It's meant for sipping on and having, you know, an ounce or two, um, an ounce or two a day, or you know, a couple ounces a day, depending on how you want to do it. But it, it could easily be your everyday bourbon. Uh, I I think. Um, that's what I like about it a lot. Yeah, absolutely. And that price thing too, I think I've talked to some of the companies about it where it's like, you've got this product that you had to sell at a certain price point way back in the day when no one was really going to pay more than that price point for it. Yeah. Fast forward, bourbon gets really popular and you've got this thing that you established in the market a certain way. You established it at this point, whiskey of that age could probably go for a lot more if you were to release it under a new label. And they're all, they're all very aware of that, which is part of the reason I think you're seeing some of the age statements drop. Yeah. And they're like, yeah, you know, but if we do that, I mean, a, a big customer base is going to get really upset. So we, we <laughs> we're, you're kind of stuck in this pocket, right? Where you, you yeah. have to kind of keep it going. So those are some of the best deals in the market. I yeah. think too, the old legacy brands. That yeah. I don't think they're hurting for money. So, I mean, I think that's one of those deals. They, they know they can make more, but they can make quality spirit and keep, uh, and keep an audience happy for a long period of time. And, you know, um, you know, that they, they have it down. They're not one of these fly by nights. And uh, that's, I remember like the saddest experience I've had so far as being a person who reviews, uh, is learning of the process of buying, buying distilled spirit and then adding flavoring to it and adding color to it and then uh putting it in a over a wood like lay so it kind of goes into a barrel that way so it touches wood therefore it can be called whiskey and bottling it up and selling selling it and like realizing that i put a lot more value on people who choose to do it the old way the hard way where i'm going to sit here and it's going to have to sit for you know at least four years uh, and it's gonna, then it's gonna have to. At that point in time, the longer it sits, the better it is, and we're gonna kind of see what happens. And but they, they actually do it. I say the the right way uh, to get thing things done. So I always respect bourbon uh, for that because you know you know what you're getting. Unlike when you buy a bottle of whiskey, it's sometimes hit or miss. Mm -hmm. I think too, like there's something about for me, especially American whiskey, especially because when I, I got into it, it was always a good deal and it was seen as kind of humble. And that's part of the appeal is. 
at its core, it's pretty simple. I mean, you're dealing with pretty simple ingredients. You just got some grains, you know, primarily corn. There's nothing fancy or particularly rarefied about the grains. And then the, the barrels, you know, it's oak. Yeah. And you just kind of cook this stuff, you make it, you throw it in a barrel. So, you know, when we get to this, when you have this idea of these really rarefied whiskeys that people are shelling a lot of money for, these special unicorns that people are hoarding, there's something that to me kind of runs against the spirit of the whiskey. It's, it's, it's kind of a democratic thing. It's got this wide appeal, um, really at its peak. For me, I'm not a huge fan of a lot of older bourbons. So when you get into that, that special window of, you know, bottled and bond up to 10 years. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, something, you know, it's like, that's the sweet spot. So it, it's nice to me that that sweet spot isn't anything that you have to go too crazy, like out into the extreme to make. So it's, it's accessible to anyone. Yeah. Um, and the thing that's important about the age statement being taken off is that's a trend we're seeing with a lot of whiskeys, uh, both scotch. Uh, and bourbons. They're, they're starting to take age statements off. One, it gives them more flexibility. They're going off of more of what the taste fro profile should be. Um, and they can, as long as they can achieve that taste profile, they're going to keep it in the same bottle. Whereas uh, if you're unfamiliar, uh, which I can't imagine watching this show for this long and, and, and not being familiar, uh, if you're unfamiliar, uh, the age statement on the bottle is the youngest um, barrel that they have in that bottle. So if there's a 12, you could theoretically have a 25-year-old bourbon in there. You could have 18-year-old bourbon in there. You could have 15, but as long as there's a little bit of 12, they have to put 12 on the label. Uh, so, but, so there's not just 12-year-old bourbon in a barrel called 12. It's just that's the youngest age. So the reason why people like putting, taking ages off and just putting you know, uh, a, a name to it. You know, you'll see it in Scotland where they'll add colors even, where they'll say, hey, this is, you know, this spirit gold or yellow or whatever, amber. Uh, they're just putting colors to it because, hey, this is what we want the flavor to taste like. So as long as we can match that, then great. It doesn't have to have an age on it. We don't have to put any, any 12. If we can get to that same taste profile that was again one of those things that you kind of learn i'm sure as you have read on on those tours where you can get a barrel that's been sitting for 15 years and a barrel that's been sitting for eight years um or two 15 year olds and they taste totally different uh and so being able to go by and just grab barrels and go hey i don't care how old it is this one's ready to go this one's not this one's ready to go this one's not and it doesn't affect your age statement so it's cool to see uh to see that growing in popularity i know for a lot of people and me included when i, I was young i thought the older it is the better it is. Uh, if it said 21, then by God, it's bad. It's going to be delicious. And I've had 21 year old, you know, uh, scotch that was not my favorite. And I've had, you know, 10 year old scotch that was delicious. So it's, it's not about the age. It's about what's in the, what's in the bottle. So, uh, that's been great. Uh, yeah. Brooklyn, yeah. does a good job of that, you know, especially for a scotch that's what's funny because the companies sort of marketed themselves into that problem a little bit in the fifties where, they had huge surpluses and they had, you know, Shenley, um, which has now been absorbed. A lot of the parts of Shenley have been absorbed into Diageo, Louis Rosensteel's company. Um, they had produced, they had something like eight times the demand, like the supply that they would need for a full year. So they had basically eight years worth of whiskey that they had made. Huge, 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 huge lake of bourbon. And they could see where the market was going. It was being upscaled. And they had all this really old stuff. They were going to be competing internationally with Scotch, which had these really old age statements. And they were looking to tap into the luxury market with a relatively simple product. So that's when they really started putting a lot of money into age statements. I was always struck going doing research for my book 
Oh, in the 30s, you'd see age statements all over these bottles, three years, four years. And companies would boast about that. Like, it was just, they were very transparent. It was really cool. But then in the 50s, it was like, we're just going to really lean into the older age stuff. And we're, you know, and all the advertisements were, do you have enough age for your money? You know, it tastes better because it's older, like all this, all this kind of stuff. Just because they needed to sell it. They needed to sell <laughs> however they could. Yeah. And that's how it was for years until just recently when the demand shifted, you've got more people wanting it. So now they can kind of, I know they're kind of trying to educate consumers back down the scale a little bit where like, oh, you know, the age is I remember having companies tell me in the eighties when they still had huge surpluses and the Japanese market was really hot for American whiskey, way, way hotter than the U S market. Companies were telling me, you know, we had some stuff that was truly awful, just really old. It tasted like a pencil. It was just way over wood, but because the Japanese market tended to take its cues from scotch with those older age statements, because we were selling some real crap to the Japanese market for top dollar. <laughs> because stuff we should have maybe even just redistilled or just yeah. dumped. 50-year-old Scott, so here, here you go. Yeah. yeah. Um, and he was yeah. like, we sold, I won't say what company, he was like, we sold some crap <laughs> to that market. Just because they didn't quite, they thought, oh, well, it's older. Yeah, it's older. Yeah, and that, so. again, that, that was something that was like, you know, as you do these and you go on these tastings and you talk to people and uh, you learn, you realize, yeah, at the end of the day, the number on the on the bottle doesn't matter. It's all about the, the flavor profile um, and and the, the distiller taking time and doing it right. And I think, you know, Elijah Craig is a great example of that. They they take the time, they do it right. Uh, they've been doing it for 200 and what? Change 230 years, 220 plus years, whatever it is. Um, well, along since the 30s, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, the 30s the started. I, I thought they, they were have, like have 200 have years old. I was reading back in the day that they were like, uh, they, they've been brewing since like back in the day for like 200 100 years. Am I way off on that? Heaven, Heaven Hill started uh, right after repeal, really. Family. Well, yeah. I'll, 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 I mean, Elijah I, Craig as a figure is that old, but the is that company. old? Is, uh, oh, yeah. Well, that's that's the other kind of that's the, that's one of the most fun parts of whiskey is you've got to create these stories and creating a story that taps back into that more ancient heritage. Yeah, it's such an appeal to that. So you see all these brands that are relatively new. Heaven Hill's one of the older companies actually now today. Yeah, but you know you've got to create that mystique, and a good way to do that is find a historical figure and. Well, weren't, but weren't they, weren't they, I guess maybe that's what they're tapping into, because weren't they one of the ones that were allowed to distill even during Prohibition uh, with doing no, it for they, medical reasons? No, the Shapiras were haberdashers in Louisville, uh, clothing, and they could see that when Prohibition is going to be lifted, it was like, there's, there's going to be a market here. So they yeah. got the investment and then they started, they started new. And then one of their first um distillers was a member of the beam family so they had beams distilling which they still do actually yeah parker you know the the the, the parker's heritage it's yeah parker beam who, who's since passed uh and craig beam so there's been it's kind of a cool alliance between those two families that way it's, maybe that's what they're tapping into because of the beam tra tra tradition goes back uh, yeah well it's kentucky so, right so there's just all yeah the yeah, yeah what's the old joke about kentucky where you've got uh 12 last names if you go back far enough <laughs> like all these families that kind of yeah you know have been there forever blended families yeah um <laughs> well yeah well Reed, i appreciate that now tell me I, I i know you have wild minds that comes out in december which you can get on amazon now but you said you're writing another book about whiskey well what book was that no my first book is bourbon empire which came out in 2015 it's a history of 
the American whiskey industry, a history of bourbon. Um, it was Viking Penguin published it. Um, and it's out, I mean, it's, it's sold wherever you buy books. It's online. It's on Amazon. Well, that's well mine's actually my, my next book, yeah. Well, uh, well, we'll have a link to both of those in the profile down below in the description. Uh, Rita, it was a real pleasure talking to you. Thank you for sharing your knowledge and taking time and uh, sharing a glass of phenomenal Elijah Craig. Same here. Likewise. Thanks for having me on. No problem.